now that we've shut down the Patreon and we're no longer putting out new episodes over there, we wanted to put some of the old episodes out here on the free feed. But due to how old some of them are, we wanted to provide a little bit of context before each episode. So this episode was recorded on July 15th, 2021, and John and I discuss some of the questions we received after the last Patreon talking about cluster content, and John and I go into talking about link building. Please enjoy another deep dive into SEO for e-commerce from the Dropship Podcast Patreon files. All right, episode 17. Uh, welcome back to the show. John and I are making terrible jokes uh, before hitting record here. Uh, I don't think they're appropriate, John. Should we share? Should we share any jokes or just keep them keep them off air? Nah, those your jokes are not appropriate. And I, <laughs> I'm going to say for everyone listening, it's Ben's jokes. It's not John's jokes. John is terrible with jokes, and uh, you know, ben, but Ben's got loads of dirty ones. You know, you, you know if they're you, good. If you, ever, if you ever see him one on one or face to face, maybe he can tell you some. But uh, yeah, geez. you know they're good when John goes and then laughs like he first <laughs> he first goes ah oh, that's too much and then he's like but it is kind of funny I don't know <laughs> Jeff Vogel I know you're listening I told you a few of these jokes in Las Vegas buddy I think you had a few coming back at me uh, so we had some questions speaking of Jeff Vogel uh, that we should address uh, regarding last week's episode uh, and then I had mm. a couple uh experiences i wanted to share from from my week as well so uh let's jump right in let, let me find uh oh. let me find jeff ogle so maybe i am misunderstanding something but in the last pod you talked about the cluster content only linking back to your collection page why why not make your content as shoppable as possible somewhat playing devil's advocate but if you have products there wouldn't it make sense to link out to those products as well Somewhat along the lines of what's good for CRO is good for SEO and what's good for SEO is good for CRO. If I write a content piece, I want to link to products I'm selling to to try to make that content as shoppable as possible. Unless the strategy is different for link outreach, but I don't want people on my content pages if I can help it. I want them off my content pages and onto my product page because that's where the add to cart button is and you can't buy anything without adding to cart first. So he's asking, am I misunderstanding something here? Or are you speaking mostly, as I understand it, SEO silos from the standpoint of you only want that content to link from one collection page? So uh, I think where, where maybe I was misunderstood last week that I wanted to address this was like, there are pages that make a ton of sense to link to other pages. And then there's pages that make zero sense linking anywhere else. And they're just supporting pages. Uh, so brand name reviews um you know you you sell classic car stereos jeff uh if it's like jbl audio from you know whatever 70 70s mustang jbl audio reviews or whatever like the brand uh you know collection you are calling it like there's probably not a, re a reason for you to link to products on that page there's there's only a reason to write a thousand words of what you think about jbl audio as it pertains to your business and then say but don't listen to us, listen to what our customers have to say and import all of the, the reviews on that page. And the only link you should have on that page is back to the name of the collection hyperlinked uh, back to that. Now, if you're doing a, you know, a best piece, a, a best, uh, you know, best 70s car audio or whatever the good keyword is for you in your niche, of course, you're going to link to products on that page. Um, specifically, what I was talking about in the cluster content was like, 
how many of these ancillary pages can you make that will get traffic and you may link to products but ideally you're trying to support that collection page the collection page is the pillar of this cluster and and the more you can link back to that and only that you're sent like so if a page is linking out to 10 things you're spreading that page authority to 10 different links if you're only linking back to your collection page you're sending all of that page authority that you have from that other page back to your collection so of course where it makes sense to link out i would link out uh you know, the goal here is sales, right? Uh, but also your goal here is relevance. And if you can add more relevance to a, a specific page and get that page to rank, that page might outperform you getting one more sale on that ancillary page. Hey, it's John here. I just want to take a really quick break from the episode to let you know about something exciting that we've got happening over at Dropship Breakthrough. Now, one of the first questions that anyone looking to get into high ticket dropshipping asks is, what am I going to sell? What's my products going to be? What are the profitable products going to be that I'm going to build a business around? And it's one of things that people worry about the most, that they're going to get that wrong. And that's fair enough. Picking the wrong products to sell is one of the biggest mistakes that people looking to start a dropshipping business make. So what if I said we could fix that for you and solve that problem, answer that question for you in the next five days? Well, the answer is we absolutely can do that. So I want to introduce you to you the Dropship Breakthrough 5-Day Challenge. And the five-day challenge is basically like a mini workshop that over the course of five days is going to show you and help you find the profitable products that you can build a high-ticket dropshipping business around. So each day for five days, you're going to get a lesson or two to go through. And each of those videos together is going to show you the process that we've used and Ben and I have used, not just Ben and I, but over 400 of our students have used to find profitable high-ticket products that are viable for the dropshipping business model. So you're going to get a lesson every day, you know, watch that lesson. And at the end of the five days, you'll know what you're going to sell. And I'm going to throw a few interesting bonuses in there as well. Now, the best part of this is you can join the challenge today for just $97. So single investment of $97, and you're going to then know what you can build a business around with a super high level of confidence so that you can start your business and not have to worry about that maybe you've picked the wrong products and you're going to have to go back to scratch at some point. So all you need to do to join the Dropship Breakthrough 5-Day Challenge is head to Dropship Breakthrough, that's spelled B-R-E-A-K-T-H-R-U dot com forward slash five, the number five. You'll find the link below in the show notes. All you have to do is head there, sign up on that page, and you will be immediately and instantly into the five-day challenge. You can get started straight away. So head over there, join the challenge, and once again, it's backed as always by our 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you take the challenge and you think it was rubbish, you you couldn't identify any products or anything like that, you can request your money back and we'll hit you straight back up with that. So head on over. If you're looking to get started, if you've been sitting on the fence, if you've been worrying about finding the right products, head over, take the five-day challenge today at dropshipbreakthrough.com forward slash five. That makes sense to you, John, or my, like, is there a better way to describe that? No, I, th- I think it makes sense to me. I mean, I think you, what you have to remember, you know, when we're talking about this stuff is that um, the, the purpose of this, uh, or at least in my mind, the purpose of this sort of cluster content in a lot of cases is to go after um, 
to, to rank your site for, for search terms that you're not going to be able to hit with product pages, right? So, I mean, if, if it's the difference between having an extra and just one of these uh, sort of clusters of content could, if, it, if you rank it well, is, is going to provide, could provide you 20,000 visits a month extra or 30 or something like that, right? I mean, if the, if the difference between is between having that traffic and not, is, is having links pointing in a few different direct directions, internal links, like, or, or where people end up, honestly, I'll take the extra traffic, right? I mean, it's not, it's not going to be that, that, you know, that, that much of an impact. The other thing I'd say as well, with, with, with the, the search terms that we're talking about, usually, um, that we, or that we talked about in the last episode, I mean, they're very much sort of middle to upper funnel type search terms. And um, I think, there's a, there's part of Jeff's Jeff's comment that I'll that I'll challenge a little bit there is where um you know he's saying uh, you know I don't want people on my content pages if I can help it I actually challenge that a little bit from a conversion rate optimization perspective somebody's in the top or the middle of the funnel I don't want them on a product page right because that person usually the definition of a top or middle of the funnel search term is that it's not specific to a product so if somebody wants to learn more about um surfboards like they're just beginning surfing they have no idea what type of surfboards are right for them or anything like that but they know they need a beginner surfboard i don't want to send them to one product page it's not going to educate them at all it's not going to help them in any way i want them to go to a content page first learn something and then if they go to a collection page or a product page after that i don't think it's actually going to be that bad from a conversion rate perspective I mean, I get the I get the mindset that you want to get people to the point of purchase as quickly as possible, but only if they're ready to buy. If they're not ready to buy, you've got to take them through that journey first. Um, and the higher up the funnel your traffic gets, the more of the journey they're going to spend with you, right? And and you want that. You want to take them through that journey because when they do get to the point of purchase, they're more likely to buy from you if they have. And so I think a lot of people get stuck in the mindset of the bottom of the funnel type traffic where you do want to get people to that add to cart um, as quickly as you can with as, with as few steps as possible. But when it's more top of the funnel traffic, which means higher volume search terms, you can take your time a little bit. I yeah, think. and I think it varies on the, the keyword. Like you said, it could be top, middle, bottom of the funnel, depending where you want yeah. to send them. You know, I'm thinking back to what we talked about last week. Um, infrared saunas and weight loss is something we touched on quite a bit like in that article about how uh you may or may not get weight loss from using an infrared sauna like are you going to link to a product there and just be like yeah go buy this fucking product no you're gonna be like here's all the data on weight loss and infrared saunas here's maybe some like ancillary supporting keyword stuff about you know uh, eating right, uh, uh, and then send them have a look at all of our infrared saunas and send them to that generic collection of infrared saunas for sale, where we might break out one person, two person, three person, four person saunas, or best send them to the best saunas of infrared saunas of twenty twenty one page, where you're breaking out best infrared saunas for blank, best infrared saunas for why, um, and so like it, it, like of course I want to get them to a product, but to John's point, like uh, the average amount of touch points I think it takes in e commerce is like twenty seven touch points depending on your price point. Uh, and so they're going to need to go through this journey one place or another. I'd rather have them take that journey on my website than, than find one piece of information, get shoved to a product that doesn't quite fill all of their information needs and doesn't solve their problem. Uh, and then they bounce and never come back. Uh, so yeah, hopefully that made sense, Jeff. Um, if not, you know, I'm happy to chop it up with you anytime, buddy. 
another question we got was from Joey. Uh, actually, don't know Joey's last name. It's Joey Cat on Facebook. Do you know Joey's last name off ch- off chance? Yeah, yeah, I do. It's actually Joe Sorrell. There you go. All right. Uh, I think Joey, I pronounced that right. But, I, hope, uh, I hope so. Uh, <laughs> so it says Joey Cat on Facebook. Anyway, thoughts and ideas on how to write comparison articles for three or four products, or if it's a bad idea, I'm open to hearing that too. Obviously, the format and keyword targeting is much easier if you're only comparing two products and targeting a versus search term. Based on customer interaction from my store, there are sometimes three or four options that customers are comparing. So again, the point of these pages is like one part of it's your customer journey. And so you need to think of them. The other part is like you're writing for Google as well, um, who, of course, you want to listen to your future customers, but you also want to listen to like the world is telling you what keywords to search there. So I reached out to Joey and he sent me a DM um, where we kind of talked through some of these keywords. And of course, I closed that window as we're talking here. Um, Funny that he brought up uh, something I think we've made jokes about on this podcast, Jacob's Ladder, uh, for us to talk about here and compare. Uh, But so I went in and looked, um, and I got to find this uh, incognito window that is hiding on my desktop somewhere here. Uh, all right, so I found it. So first thing I want to touch on was like I don't know if th- I didn't know if this was your situation, but uh, I stumbled in this myself. Is one brand that I am building out for right now has four products, and I'll just call them one, two, three, four. And this, there's search terms out there that are like brand name one versus two, brand name two versus three, brand name three versus four. There's not a lot of volume on those three, and I so I could go out and make three different pages for that. But there's also one that is brand name comparison um brand name uh generic keyword comparison if, if you will right so um for for what we're talking about here is like uh body solid fitness machines comparison uh mm. and so i decided to target that big keyword um address their concern of like you know you need one of these things but you're not sure which one's right for you lay out the four choices and why they're different. And then at the bottom of the page, use headline either H2s or H3s, uh, depending whether we use an H2 at the top, uh, to hit the brand name one versus two, brand name two versus three, brand name Mm. three versus four, and talk about the differences all on one page in hopes that that page Mm. is is kind of a super page. Uh, It breaks my one keyword, one page rule, but I think they're they're all going to be categorized the same in Google based on no matter which one of those I searched, I got the same exact results when I searched it. So if that is the case for you, uh, look up the, the big overarching term and create one power page for all of those terms. Now you sent me over some, some, some products for me to look at, uh, and do some research. And, uh, I, I hope you found all these keywords. I found a ton of keywords, uh, upon doing research. So, um, do you have any thoughts before I just jump right in, John? No, I think you're right. I think, I think this is one of those cases where you do want to, it makes sense to have it all on one page rather than having, you know, all those different pieces of content. Um, and particularly, like if, if you're considering this and, and you're not sure whether it's the right way to go and, and you're worried about is Google going to, you know, associate those different search terms with one page, um, also have a look at what else already exists online for you. So, I mean, if nobody else has done these pieces, right, um, in, in your market, then and you have it all on one page, then Google's definitely going to associate all and you've got it laid out properly, you know, as Ben says, with H2 or H3 headings, which will identify that to Google, um, then you shouldn't have any trouble ranking for all those search terms with one page, I think, um, ranking reasonably highly. I mean, if if other people have put a lot of effort into splitting those things apart and they have really dedicated content pages that are, that are high quality to individual 
versions of this, you know, two versus three or two versus four or something like that, then, you know, maybe one page might not outrank those, I would think. But, you know, I think for, for most cases, knowing, you know, how much effort other businesses put into content in the high ticket dropshipping space, which is very little um, as a rule, uh, I think you're pretty safe. I mean, this, this is like Ben says, I mean, usually we say one keyword, one page rule, but um, I guess these are kind of related keywords. You know, it's kind of like that thing, you know, you've got, you've still, you're still identifying a, the bigger keyword and then there's the, you've got a range of supporting ones. So even though they're a little bit different, I, I, I still would group them together. Yeah. So the reason I made this, look, we're all learning. I could be completely wrong here and, and be failing on this page. Uh, but the reason I did it is I, I searched all four, the, the, the main, the brand name comparison, and then one versus two, two versus whatever. I got the same exact 10 results on all yeah. four of those searches. And I went, okay, Google thinks these are all the same. So I'm going to try a power page. What I could do is test different. I could create four pages um, and make a, a tiny little cluster out of those four pages uh, and then see if all of them rank number one for their perspective term. If they don't, um, if I'm just fighting myself in that, in that, it, on all four of those, then I could combine them, redirect them all to one page and try it that way. I'm going for the latter and just trying it right away. Uh, I could be wrong, but this is, you know, this is where this is kind of why John and I created this podcast is so like, hopefully I do fail so that I look like an idiot and, and no one feels like, you know, I, I know more than them. Cause I'm just guessing too. We're all just trying to figure this out. So, um, back to Joey cat, you sent me over some brands. And so literally if you're listening to this and you're by a computer, do this with me and, and you'll see the process. Uh, the first brand he sent me over, uh, now I'm, I'm losing windows again. This is great podcasting when I'm looking all over for stuff. Uh, all right. So I asked him, he sent me over some like product versus product stuff. And I said, send me over like your number one search, but like the biggest brand that you carry. Cause that'll be the easiest one for us to figure out right out of the gates. He sent me over a brand called body solid, uh, including one of the terms he sent me over was like one of the models versus one of the models. Um, and so all I did was go to Google and type in body solid hit search. That'll bring up a page with all the body solid stuff and then go up to the Google bar hit space after body solid and type in versus and you'll get body solid versus hoist versus Bodycraft, PowerTech, inspire tough stuff rogue life fitness marcy bowflex and titan those are all brands uh at least most of them are i don't know some of those names but i'm gonna guess they're all brands and so that's one of the like clusters you could build is like riding someone else's brand so bowflex is probably something you're never going to sell but they get a ton of search volume and body solid versus bowflex is a fantastic article uh you could create that would be part of a cluster of why seven reasons why bowflex sucks uh brian angel and i saw this in the standing desk market for veradesk which is actually searched more than standing desk uh, and so we were, before I left, we were planning on creating a Veridesk cluster of seven reasons why Veridesk fucking blows because they do blow. Uh, and then Veridesk versus every brand we carry was a, a search term out there. So you could do this too, just on a brand level. This is what I spotted. If you didn't spot those, you're welcome. I would create all of those, especially for the brands you carry, uh, you know, body solid. Let's say you, I know you carry life fitness. So body solid versus life fitness is a great page you could make and then link off to those collection pages, uh, individually. Uh, then you told me to compare, um, body solid EXM 3000, uh, versus, and I think you put a different number than I actually found the keyword for, um, body solid EXM 3000 versus G9S versus G10B versus EXM 4000S. So I didn't find any of that when I searched. And basically, again, all I'm doing body solid EXM 3000 and hit search and then add the verses after that so that you stay in the Google window and get the dropdowns. Um, the, 
the words I got were versus 4,000, versus 3,000, versus 5,000, versus 6,000, versus 3,200. Uh, 4,000 looks to be the main one. Uh, and so body solid EXM 3,000 versus 4,000 is the keyword I think you should target here. Um, it's also pulling product comparison uh, and, and uh, small, like, 400s like reviews it google i think is confused on this keyword and so this is where you might have to go back to that comparison page i didn't find anything around the g9 g10 if you're getting that stuff in store i would recommend creating that page for your customers if they're having trouble deciding between those four but i don't think it's a keyword for google at least from what i could find um one thing i did find on here that uh so i just recently created a, a mini course for dropship breakthrough on private labeling um, and so I wanted to show you a real opportunity for this body solid. I clicked through to their page and I clicked their best sellers. Uh, so if you go to bodysolid.com slash home slash featured slash best underscore sellers, uh, you will see basically all their products. And the very bottom product is like, a, a weight plate. Like, uh, if anybody lifts weights here when you're on the bench and you put those 45 pound weights on the bar, um, it is, is essentially a weight plate. John's flexing over here. It's a, essentially a weight plate turned into a clock. I'm sure it's very much lighter than 45 pounds, but I was like, holy <laughs> shit, that's a really smart idea. And weightlifters would, would drool over this, right? Like anybody who lifts all the time, they want people to know they lift all the time. Uh, and so like, that's a fantastic product. If they haven't somehow like patented this in any way for you to go out and create the exact same fucking thing and, and take body solid off of it. Right. Uh, maybe put your brand name on there and start selling this as your own private label product. Throw that shit on Amazon. Cause I'm sure there's search volume for that. That is a fantastic way for you to get started private labeling. I just stumbled across that as I was looking and I thought I'd throw that out there. Nice. Noise. Look at look at you go. You go. <laughs> I, I got more getting if you want two, me to keep talking. Ticking two boxes, mate. Wow. <laughs> I got more of you if you're one. All right. So another one he sent over was York Barbell. Again, go to Google, type in York Barbell, hit return. It opens up a page where it searched York Barbell. Then add space and verses after it. It says York Barbell versus Rogue. Uh do you do you sell Rogue on your website? That I don't know, but I would create a York Barbell versus Rogue if you don't, and Rogue's a big brand, so again, you could ride Rogue's data here. Uh, and again, York Barbell, and then type in product, and then type in verses, and you're probably going to find more. Another one I found that you told me you had just created, actually, is Jacob's Ladder. Uh, if you just, again, Google Jacob's Ladder versus, you'll come up with uh, Stairmaster, which is a brand you probably don't carry that I would definitely ride. Uh, Jacob's, Jacob's Ladder versus Jacob's Ladder 2. I think you said you just created that. That's the winner right there. I don't find anything with the X term you were mentioning. Uh, and then a whole bunch of other brands again, uh, Jacob's ladder versus elliptical Jacob's ladder versus step mill. And these aren't even brands. These are like versus a different type of exercise, which I would have never even thought of creating this. Uh, but like Jacob's ladder versus running, running versus stair climber, I bet is a keyword stair climber versus who knows, like, I'm just going to type it in right now. Cause I bet that's a, a keyword stair climber versus treadmill versus elliptical versus running these are all like mini clusters you could build uh have an expert come way in on the difference between a stair climber and what it does for you like you know physically and uh perhaps mentally as i think a lot of people are exercising for mental health and uh and then link off to your uh treadmills for sale your stair climbers for sale uh your ellipticals for sale like uh, you're gonna have an opportunity to create so much content in this niche because it's such a big uh uh, big space. So I hope I, I hope he gave you some ideas there. Hmm. Yep. You know, I, I try to cue up John so I can take a breath and he's just like, yeah, go ahead. This is your show, but yeah, it's no, good. It's good. <laughs> Love it. Uh, all right. What Love was it. the next thing I was going to talk about? 
Uh, okay, so I tried uh, this week. We, we mentioned Spencer's Fiverr gig for keyword research uh, a couple episodes ago. and put a link in the episode. I'm not even sure which episode it was, but a couple episodes back, uh, you can find the link uh, on Patreon. And so I tried order, ordering from him and targeting a brand so that he could go do all that research we just talked about for a brand for me. And the experience was okay. So it came back with a lot of like, uh, you know, this brand, uh, if it was infrared saunas, it would be like golden designs. I wanted him to go do research on golden designs. Uh, instead he came back with a lot of keywords that were just like infrared sauna. Um, and so he did find a few keywords that I, I didn't find myself. So I'll give him credit there. And again, it's like five bucks. So who gives a shit? Um, he found a few keywords, but it wasn't what I was hoping for. So what I want to do is like anybody who just went there and that's all you did, make sure you're doing some manual research. Like, just like I taught you. Cause I didn't find, he didn't send back a single versus keyword. He didn't send back that comparison keyword that I found that I needed. Uh, and so I would encourage you again, go try, go try to do some of this research yourself on top of just ordering like, uh, Spencer can be a great start and there's a a lot of information in there um but you have to parse through that data that he sends back to you it's well worth the five bucks but i, I just wanted to point out that uh it didn't have everything i needed in there today mm-hmm. yeah the yeah, other thing yeah. i noticed is i'm trying to train my employee and explain to him what what keywords belong where uh and i think the first thing i would do from spencer is start start combining keywords there were so many in there that was like basically the same keyword just worded differently and one would have 30,000 searches one would have 10,000 searches and so being able to group those together um, just go through the whole list of whatever it is 200 keywords and start grouping the ones together that are similar you'll get an idea of the actual volume there and 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 a blended difficulty level uh, so that you know whether you should target those keywords and the other thing I experienced this week that I wanted to mention um, I went and set up Bing for a new store this week and holy shit has Bing gotten confusing since I've been in there. Uh, I could not for the life of me solve how to set up a product ad. And I felt, I felt so dumb uh, staring at my screen and clicking all kinds of buttons It ended up getting really, really late. And so I was like, why don't I just run a test for all you podcast people and do the import from Google and see, does it work yet? Because in the past, it never worked. It looks like it works. Everything pulls over, and then your funnel starts breaking, and keywords are slipping through your product uh, shopping funnel, and you're like, why is this happening? Everything looks right, and it's and I, I truthfully don't actually even know the answer to why it doesn't work, but it never worked in the past. So I ran a little test for you. I have very little clicks to talk about. Um, uh, in fact, I'll reload it as we're talking right right now. Uh, I think I only have, I don't know, 10 clicks or something for the day. Uh, and so the keywords so far are good. I'll, I'll know in, in a week or two, but I, I just want to let you guys know that I'm kind of running a test on everyone's behalf because this would save so much time if it just worked. Uh, it would save a ton of time. The only thing I did have to do was every single ad group that you have set up in in Bing, you need to go into the ad group, and I'm just going to do it right now, so I make sure I tell you the settings. Uh, go into the actual ad group, then click uh, settings in the left-hand bar, and scroll all the way almost to the bottom, uh, and there's a, it says other settings. Choose the options that are applicable to your ad group. Audience ads, ad distribution, and ad rotation. If you go into ad distribution, it is automatically applied at an ad group level to show on all of Bing's syndicated search partners, which in my experience are absolute garbage. And so I change it to that second option, Bing, AOL, and Yahoo search owned and operated only. Uh, That works way, way better for me personally. The only downside is you have to do this on literally every ad group you create. There's no way to do this like 
account wide or campaign wide. So uh, I'll let you guys know. Uh, and if you don't hear from me, ping me in the Facebook group and I'll, I'll let you know if my funnel starts breaking, which will suck because I'll have to go back and do all the work myself. But um, yeah, ran a little test. Cool, man. Good test. Good test. Yeah. I don't know. I hate Bing's interface. So it's, it really moved towards like Google now. Like it, um, it functions the way Google functions. Uh, it seems like it's a lot better. And apparently I haven't been in here in a while cause it was super confusing to me. Yeah. What do you got, John? Any happenings of the week? Uh, look, not, not, not many happenings of the week in terms of new, new marketing things to learn. Um, I think we were talking about it a little bit before the show. I'm pretty excited about Shopify's announcements around their online store 2.0 builder. Uh, I don't know if everybody's caught up on that, but Shopify announced their thing this week that uh, they're making some pretty major changes. And if you've been in editing a theme, you'll have noticed the actual theme customizer now looks completely different. Um, uh, in just in terms of how you navigate it and how you know how the how you navigate different sections on your theme and things like that. So that's sort of the precursor that they haven't actually, uh, you know. So there are sections everywhere. New a new meta fields feature and what should be an ability to design sites a bit more what like what you do on WordPress where you can sort of just grab blocks and put them in everywhere to really customize your design. It's, it's one of the few things I think Shopify has been lacking for a long time. I can't believe they haven't moved towards doing this earlier. They have been talking about it a long time, um, but finally it looks like they're starting to do it. So over the next few months, we, we're, we should have the ability to design much more uh, custom looking websites without needing to rely so heavily on, on a lot of coding changes like uh, having a developer do the work for you which there's nothing wrong with that but um, obviously for a lot of people starting out you know working heavily with a developer is, is something that that's a bit intimidating or potentially costly and so um, this, this feature should you know uh, give people a lot more options to actually make their site look the way they want and provide the, the functionality to their customers that they would like um, so yeah, keep an eye on that space. Uh, it, it should be a lot of fun. Um, the one thing to remember is that to take advantage of those things, whatever theme you're using needs to be updated. So just because Shopify makes them available with this change in particular, all the theme developers have to actually change their themes to enable this functionality when it's available in the builder. So whatever theme you're using, you'll have to keep an eye on that. So if you're using Superstore, for example, Pixel Union needs to update Superstore to make it compatible with the online store 2.0 on Shopify's end. Um, and so that may not happen in the same time frame that Shopify releases these updates. So, you know, but just keep an eye on it because you have to update your theme. Um, and as always, when you update your theme, all of your custom changes don't necessarily carry across. So once again, you might have a little bit of work to do there. But oh, I thought that was pretty exciting, pretty cool. I've been waiting for this for ages. Yeah, I mean, I, I build a lot of websites, as you know, um, on Shopify. So, um, how do they solve that theme change issue? Like, they can't. There's no like code they can run where they're like, "Let's take your current theme and run a diff checker against a standard theme, and point out to you all the places you have custom code." So that, like, I keep an I keep a list for this exact reason. If you ever need to update, I know exactly where all the custom code yeah. is that I added. I can just go one by one and add it all back. But uh, it's a nightmare to change themes. It is. It is. Yeah. No, you're right. Uh, but you know, it's, it, it happens on other platforms as well. WordPress can be the same, which is why you have child themes and all that sort of thing on WordPress, um, which is a completely different way of doing it. But 
Um, yeah, it it's strange. It's strange, but I mean, you hit on a good point. You know, if you're uh, if you're not already doing it, and you're somebody who does customize your theme a lot, keep a list of all the all the changes you've made. Because I know certainly, if you've been running the same site for like three years, and you've you've obviously been gradually building it over time. Uh, and then all of us, and you haven't kept a record of all the changes you've made. And then you, you come to change your theme. You're like, oh, wow. I really can't remember everything I've done here. Um, and the, the annoying thing is some of it will carry over. Some of it won't. Um, if you update your theme, if you change your theme completely, none of it will, obviously. But um, it, It's good to keep a record some, somewhere. Hey, you always give me shit about Shoptimize. That's why. Like when it's so heavily <laughs> yeah. coded, what's the point of changing? It's so it's hard to make all those changes. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's, it is off-putting. Um, so, uh, you know, but, but once again, hopefully this, some of these sort of features that have been brought into Shopify now will reduce the amount of custom coding we need to do. I mean, obviously custom coding for things like SEO and stuff like that's different, but from a design perspective anyway. Um, be some improvements. Where do you want to go today, buddy? We've uh, we've been on this SEO train for a while, and I think what's left is is content marketing and links. Um, I'm happy to talk about any of that stuff. Uh, I think some of this is a little bit more in your wheelhouse, even. Yeah, yeah, cool. Well, uh, we can. I'm. I mean, I'm happy to talk about either of those things. They kind of go hand in hand, I guess, from a sense. Like, I mean, I don't build links until I'm doing content marketing really so kind of kind of goes together so uh why don't we sort of yeah fire away man uh, wherever you want to start yeah cool so we've been on the this seo train for a few episodes now and um we've talked about uh you know our i guess on page seo we've talked about you know cluster content we talked about collection pages and technical SEO. And so there's kind of, I think, you know, to sort of round out that discussion, there's a couple of things that we've talked, we touched on a little bit, but we haven't really uh, dived into in any great uh, depth. And for me, at least, um, they're certainly um, very much the required, as is all the other stuff we've talked about, if you want to have a really well-rounded out organic uh, traffic strategy that um you know that can really crack into the big numbers in terms of you know ranking your site for for a lot of the higher volume search terms which might be more competitive and that sort of thing so the the remaining bits here really uh you know we classify them as as content marketing and off-page seo um and there, there are two things that from i mean we've talked to, started talking about content marketing when we talk about cluster content obviously um, and, and answering some of the questions from Jeff and, and Joey this morning. Um, but um, uh, we yeah, haven't dived into sort of how those things come together and, and how they fit in with um, that SEO strategy. So a lot of the things we've talked about. So why don't we want to talk about link building? So this this one, I think, it's really where a lot of people don't go um, when it comes to high ticket drop shipping. And I guess it's because it's, it's a fairly, uh, I guess, I don't know. I don't know why. I, I guess it just feels a bit intimidating maybe, or, or a bit, or a bit unusual or a bit time consuming. 
Um, and it can be all of those things, but the reality is, is that it gets a lot of bad press as well. Obviously, you know, you hear a lot of things about link building and all the dodgy practices and things like that. But the reality is, is that it's still one of the top ranking signals for, for Google is, are there links pointing to your site from other websites? Um, and I like to think of it kind of like, it's, it's obviously it's a, it's a signal that sends to Google that your site's trustworthy, um, that other people think your site is high quality and that sort of thing. And so some people will be like, yeah, but it's changing and, and whatnot. And you can buy links now and all this sort of thing. So it's, less uh, authentic um, and that might actually be the case but the reality is as far as we know google's algorithm still places it as one of the top ranking things you can do so if you're trying to grow your site organically um, and you're going up against other people who have links pointing to their site from other good quality websites and you have none then some of the things we've talked about here will definitely like in, in our last few episodes will definitely give you an opportunity to bump up a lot but in a lot of markets you'll struggle to get into the top spots for the higher traffic search terms without any links pointing to your site it kind of just puts a barrier to you because google might look at you and say yeah you've got great content um yeah that your, your site looks uh, from an seo perspective looks good but nobody's talking about you nobody's saying to us that you're a good site and so it's kind of like saying, it's kind of like having, I think of it like having a product without reviews and having a product with a hundred reviews. What's a customer more likely to buy? Generally, they're more likely to buy the product that's got a hundred reviews on it because they can say that not only do you say it's awesome, but other people are saying it's awesome. And so it's kind of like that with Google. Backlinks are like reviews for Google, if you like that, that what's on your site is cool and that uh, they should go and buy it. Um, and by buying it, meaning give you more traffic. So that's, so I, I mean, you know, that, that kind of intro to backlink building is, is, I just say that because I think it's, it's something that like a lot of e-commerce sites don't do and you should be doing it. So I want to encourage people to start thinking about this strategy, but where it goes hand in hand with content marketing is that building a lot of backlinks is difficult if you don't have any content on your site, right? So when you think about most of the places that you're going to go and build links from and websites that are online, they're mostly going to be people with an audience that they built around content. Now those people, and, and we're leaving aside affiliates because affiliate links are not proper backlinks for SEO purposes. Most people don't want to build links to your product pages. Most people who will give links do not want to build links to your product pages with the exception of if they're writing an article where they need to recommend specific product, obviously. But the, the bulk of links out there won't go to product pages because there's no value in that for their audience. There, there's nothing, all it is is a commercial looking thing for you. And so product pages, collection pages are pretty hard to build links to because they don't really add any specific value to most people's audiences. Um, and when you're asking for a link to those pages, most people will look at it and say, well, yeah, you just want to do this to make some money, um, which is nice for you. But for me, what, why do I want to need to talk about that to my audience? Whereas if you've got content that is valuable, it's helpful um, and it adds value without their audience purchasing anything, 
then it's much more likely you're going to get backlinks to that. And so content marketing is obviously, it's a very wide umbrella and it's, it's not just about writing content for backlinks. Uh, content marketing is kind of like, for me, the Swiss army knife of marketing strategies, right? If you're doing content marketing on your site, um, as in you're building content, you're promoting it, um, you will start to be able to do SEO better. You'll be able to do email marketing better. You'll be able to do retargeting better. And you'll even be able to do cold traffic acquisition through paid ads better. So one thing I love to do is run search text ads for higher, more broader search terms to content pages, right? Now, once again, not many people do this in high ticket dropshipping, but if you've got an email capture on there, it works fantastically well. Um, so this is why they go hand in hand. If you want to build links, you, you need to start working on content. And if you want to, um, you know, do all of those things better, you need to start working on content. So um, I guess it's, it's a big, it's a big topic. And I, I don't know, I think a lot of people probably think about, well, that seems really intimidating, like kind of, where do I start um, with, with each of those things? So you know, with content marketing and building content for your site, the easiest place to start is, 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 is really in a lot of the ground we've already covered, like going for those sort of middle of the funnel type search terms that are about educating people, questions your customers have around your products or the type of products you sell, or maybe even the comparison type pieces that, um, that we're talking about. I mean, that's, that's really everyone's natural ground. And once again, if you've been doing your keyword research, once again, as we've discussed uh, for the rest of your SEO strategy, you're going to have already identified a lot of the potential topics for a piece of content, you know, and you've, and the keywords associated with those and you've ideally sort of mapped those out a bit and put them into a bucket where it's not going to be relevant to a product page. You're not going to cover it all on a collection page. So that means you're left with a content page to cover it. And so Doing that keyword research and, and going and, and thinking through that, I think really makes it easy to identify what are the, what are the pieces of content that you want to um, schedule up and, and, and put in place. And so um, I think a lot of people get stuck with thinking, well, what am I, I don't know what to write. What am I going to write? Now, what do I write about? Where do I start? Just start like, if you do content research, like your keyword research, you're going to have a list of keywords as long as your arm that you could target content to. So where do you start? Somewhere. It does, it, I mean, it doesn't matter. It's not like there's a perfect, there's never a perfect place to start. If anything, I'd say just start with whatever's going to end up attracting people to your best-selling product, maybe. But quite literally, just chew off a chunk of it and get started. Um, you, know, you know where I like to start, John, is with an exercise I learned from my friend George. Uh, yeah, <clears throat> I, I'm not sure what he calls it. Captain's assessment. He, everything's around like lighthouses and water for him. So it's probably named something <laughs> like that. But uh, basically what he's trying to do is, you know, Steve Jobs' number one principle, empathy, right? Empathize with your customer and really sit down on a piece of paper, right? Draw out, I, I might have mentioned this on the podcast before, but draw out three squares before before is the first one after is the third one and objections is the middle one right and so really sit down and think whatever you're selling your 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 person uh what is their before state and not just like 
they don't have my product yet. That's not their before state, right? Like uh, infrared saunas, if they're looking for that, they might be feeling like shit every day. They might like they might not have any energy every day, or they're trying to lose weight, as we saw. Weight loss was a keyword. Uh, think through what your product solves, and then really empathize with your customer and see where they are in the before state. And then compare that like before state to a lot of the keywords that you got back from Spencer or wherever you did your keyword research. And you're going to see some themes in there of people are searching for things that match up with their before state. Guess what your job is as a marketer? Take them to their after state. Um, and so you can use that same sheet, fill out the rest of the sheet. What's the after state? What are the feelings and emotions you want them to have in the after state? Uh, and then what are the objections that lie in between? Uh, here's an easy one. Uh, my wife won't let me buy it. That's a, that's one of the most common ones I see of like, or, you know, it's too expensive or like go through all of the objections or it won't work. It won't work for me. Um, and then go create like those are the first pieces of content I try to go after because that's the journey my customer is going to be on already. And so if I can meet them where they're at and then take them on a journey to solve their objections, whether they buy from me or not, they're probably going to buy from me. And so that's where, that's where I like to start when you say just start with content. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean more like, you know, I, I talk to people and they're like, well, I've got 10 different product categories on my side. I've got, you know, 5,000 products and like, where do I start? The one with the best ones. Yeah. Well, that, that's what I mean. Best sellers, best margins, whichever product type is, um, you know, providing the better returns for your business. Cause usually there's always going to be one or two that it's, it's doing better than others. Like, yeah, start there, start whatever, wherever it makes sense. But this, this, when I say just start is that a lot of people just put a roadblock in and they, they say, I, I'm confused. I don't know where to start. So I'm not going to start. Right. And that's really not, the way to go. The second problem roadblock people have with this is they go, I hate writing, so I'm not going to do any content, right? Fair enough. Less than 10% of people like writing in my experience. Uh, I'm one of the people that does like writing, um, but most people don't. Most people suck at it. It's, it's not it's not something um, that, that most people can do naturally. So don't do it. Get someone to do it. Like, so like go out and hire somebody. Um, and that's super easy to do at re really reasonable cost to get a high, high quality 1500 plus piece of content out of somebody. It's going to cost you a couple hundred bucks, right? Or, I mean, you can pay more than that, but that's what it's going to cost you. And you realistically, you know, in the beginning, you don't have to start pumping out tons of content, right? So what I usually get people to do when they're starting out is to just do two high quality pieces of content a month. That's it. Start there, right? So two blog posts, two blog posts a month, right? Um, you don't need to be churning out like 10, 20 blog posts a month, right? There's, there's actually no need to that for that. Google doesn't want quantity. They want quality, right? Um, and so if you're chewing off the right keywords to target, you know, keywords with decent volume behind them, you don't need to be churning out a bunch of content when we're talking about content marketing, because if you're in a competitive market from an SEO perspective, simply posting pieces of content is not going to get you anywhere. Right? And this is the, this is, I think the third mistake people make with content is they think all they need to do is write it and post it and they'll start ranking it. And in some cases that's true. If you're going after sort of very low, low competition search terms, that may happen eventually, particularly if your site already has some authority. But the reality is for most people, and, and I just know this because I've seen so many people do it, is that that's not going not gonna to happen for you, right? 
And the reason it's not going to happen is because you haven't promoted your content. So, you know, in today's age, there are more than a billion websites online, which means there are trillions of individual web pages online right now that Google can potentially put in its index and put it the number one place on its. So, so simply adding to that from an SEO perspective is not enough, right? You need to go out and tell Google, yes, this one is better than these other ones out here. Now you do that partially by writing a better piece of content. And so if you've identified a topic from your keyword research um, and you want to give it a chance to rank the best for the search terms, you want to go out and look at that search term. So put it into Google, see what other pages are ranking. Google's already ranking, right? And if there's other content pages, go and look at those content pages. What are they talking about? How are they talking about it? How deep are they going into that topic? Um, and your task to outrank those pages, firstly, is to write a deeper piece of content than what they've written or produced if you're not writing it yourself, right? That's the key here. Go deeper, right? Find areas or parts of that topic that people haven't covered, um, you know, and, and go further. That's, that's the first step. But once again, that in and of itself is often not enough. So you need to put it up there and you need to do some work promoting it. And so that means getting people onto the page. So traffic that can interact with the page because Google will be looking at user signals from people who land on the page, right? So for there to be user signals, there has, has to be users on the page in the first place. And so promote it however you like. You got an email list, you send it out to your email list. You got social media channels, post it to your social media channels. Run some ads to it. It doesn't really matter. Um, get people on the page so it looks like a page that people actually like to consume. But not only that, you want to start building some signals from other websites that it's an important piece of content. And so that's where the backlink building comes in, is that you're now adding some signals, ex those external signals to Google from other websites that, they, that shows that they can trust that piece of content. Um, and the magic here is as well, once again, people think that you need a lot of backlinks or something like that to, for, it, for it to work. But once again, if you're doing your research and you're seeing, you know, and, and you're looking at a keyword that you want to rank for, you're looking at the search difficulty also, and you can do this easily in Ubersuggest or uh, Ahrefs if you use Ahrefs or something like that. But you're looking at how many links do the pages you're trying to rank against have pointing to them. So those two tools will show you that, right? Um, so if you're, if you're trying to go into a search term that's, and, and you're going up against pages that have, you know, 10 links pointing to them or three links or whatever, then you only need to either get a few more links than them or a few higher domain authority links than them to start out ranking them, assuming your content is better, right? Um, and so it's, it doesn't necessarily need to be this big deal. Likewise, if, you, if you're trying to rank against pages that have no links pointing to them um, and you can build some really good ones, then that's going to go a long way to helping you more quickly outrank those pages. Um, and so that's, that's why we want to be doing the backlink building. Yeah, is, that, is that all making sense to you, Benny? I think there's layers there, right? And so like I, I, my brain always tries to, uh, I don't know, systemize or, or build a framework, right, in my head. And so number one, you, 
when you have to have the best piece of content, it's not just like about the content. Number one, get all the shit right. We talked about two episodes ago, get your on page and your keyword research done, right? You're already light years ahead of most people. Number two, uh, make a better piece of content. Just go deeper. Talk to a human as Google's moving more into AI reading, like talk to an actual human, not to a robot, like explain what you're trying to explain as if you're talking to your best friend and trying to explain it. Then number two or number three, like, uh, links, links matter. Uh, you can have a shitty ass website and a zillion links and, and outrank people who have, um, the best content and no links. So, uh, links matter. You got to go out and get good links. Um, and, and beyond that, I would say, uh, like relevant links, like you, you need relevancy in today's Google age. And so, you know, it's very easy. There's, there's places to get links everywhere, right? There's, uh, go yep. to black hat world and look around. You can, you can get like subdomains on Samsung backlinks that are like 99 DAs. Uh, but they're not, it, it's a 99 DA, but that article on that subdomain has nothing to do with infrared saunas. And so when I get a link back from that article or, or, or a comment that I added in there and hacked my way into a backlink, it's sending juice, but it's not really sending juice. So if you can go find an article that's talking about, uh, what your article is talking about and references you as like the expert on this this piece that link's going to be so much more powerful than just going and getting a link. And then I think the, the, the one layer I would, I would suggest in between there is like, if you don't have all of your web 2.0 links, that's step one, go to Pinterest, sign up, put your back link in there. They're not do follow links, but they send signals to Google that you're a real business, that you're a real authority, that you're, you're somebody uh, to be listened to. And then you also got to put content on those channels so that Google sees uh, social signals sending back to your website. That's, I mean, that's the steps I would work through uh, as far as like actually building the links. Uh, that's, you know, I'd have to defer to John cause I, the cold email stuff just, man, it drives me insane. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. And, and you're absolutely right with what you've just said. Everything I've said about doing content and stuff, I wouldn't be doing that until I've locked in the on-page and the technical SEO stuff that we've already talked about in the last couple of episodes. I mean, that, that is the natural progression because if you haven't done those things and you try to do content marketing, then your efforts are going to suffer because you, you haven't got the basics in place first. And that is going to drag on your results quite a lot that you might get from building a really great piece of content. So that, that's absolutely where you want to start. This stuff is the next the next steps after you've locked in all of your, your, your improvements uh, to your on-page and your technical SEO. Um, but look, I mean, backlinks, building backlinks, for me, there are a number of approaches you can go after with this. Um, but it, I mean, it is the type of thing that's very much a numbers game, right? I mean, there's a lot of sites out there that will backlink to you. There's a lot of sites that won't backlink to you as well. And you do actually have to outreach to them, which means by definition, it can be a very time-consuming process to manage, right? If you're doing it sort of one by one, right? You're finding one site that might be relevant, you're reaching out to them for a backlink. And if you're doing it that way, um, which definitely does work, it does produce links. The downside is, is that it produces them very, very slowly. So if you're somebody who wants to move a bit more quickly in, 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 in building some, some decent traffic, then, you know, that might not be the way to go. The exception to that, I would say the one-to-one outreach kind of thing is if you're going after a site with super high domain authority and you want to get your link into a really relevant article, it's often better to approach them directly about that, right? A, a one-to-one sort of get in contact, you know, you identify who the relevant person to talk to is there and um, all of that sort of thing. And, that that like if you, I'm going after a site with DA eighty plus or something like that, then that's you've got to put in more effort to get that sort of sort of action happening. But once again, 
you can still get a ton of value from generating, once again, relevant links in the sort of, you know, 30 to 40 to 50 DA range, assuming that your site isn't already at that level. So you're always trying to get backlinks from sites that are at a higher uh, DA than yours uh, when we're talking about outreach, that is. Um, and there are a ton of sites that are going to be relevant to your market in that sort of range, right? So um, how do you make it like not such a scary numbers game? Well, there's, there's definitely a way to do that. Um, and so you do have to pull a few tools together. But if you're writing um, a, essentially how I do this is if you write got a piece of content that's on a particular topic, um, you can take a tool like Ahrefs and um, uh, a tool like uh, BuzzSumo, for example, and you can find other articles, uh, other pieces of content that have been written on that topic before, right? Or other web pages that cover that topic. And you can identify which of those have backlinks pointing to them. Um, and using a tool like Ahrefs, you can identify all the sites that provided those backlinks on that topic, right? And then it, you go through a process of, um, you know, putting all of those into a spreadsheet, you know, which is just an export feature off Ahrefs, for example. You can also do this in Ubersuggest, which is a cheaper option if you don't want to pay for Ahrefs. But um, you export all these all these URLs, um, so you can and you can build a really big list, right? So you can build a list of, you know, uh, you know, a thousand sites that have provided backlinks to a. Um, a, a, a piece of topic on, on a piece of content on your topic area. And then, you know, the next step is you, you're going to find uh, contact details for all those sites. So what's their email address? Cause you're going to do email outreach to these people, right? Uh, in an automated sense. So you use a tool. There's a couple of tools you can use for that. Hunter.io is the one that I use. Uh, and that's, that's the address hunter.io. You chuck your spreadsheet of all your websites in there and it will spit out for you all of the email addresses that are associated with those websites. Um, you walk through those, you find the most relevant one, you knock out a bunch, and then you've got a list of contact details, email contact details for the sites you want. And you load those into an email outreach tool. Uh, so the one, once again, the one I use for this is Mailshake, uh, mailshake.com, I think is the address. Um, you put those email addresses in, you put in your email outreach template, um, which you can personalize um, using, you know, some some fields in Mailshake, and hit send. And so what that does is um, it then reaches out. If you've got a, a you know a thousand websites you want to reach out to on your list, it reaches out to all of them over time, and um, the ones that are interested will email back to you. Um, at which point you pick up the conversation with those ones, and obviously a whole bunch won't. Um, but that's the way that I do it, basically. And so, obviously, there's it's hard to demonstrate this. I can hear the <laughs> I can hear the listener saying, "Yeah, John, great, you sent an email. What did it say?" Uh, yeah, yeah. It's 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 a fairly simple email, um, and I can probably share it actually um, in the group. Might be hard because I'll have to uh, dig out the exact file for it. But it's just a uh, it's it's quite simple though. Um, it's uh, it's actually a lot simpler than you think. It's just along the lines of, hey, um, 
uh, was just checking out your site and noticed that you um, talked about this topic in particular. Um, you know, and and once again, where these fields are all being pulled from our original research. So um, I'm saying this topic in particular, but you've you've inserted that in there. Um, you know, we've just put out a, a piece of content, blah blah blah, about this, um, and you know, we think it would be a great fit for your audience. Um, you know, and uh, so you know, we'd love to uh, love to get a link on your site. I can't remember the exact words I use. I'll have to pull it out, but I'll post it. I'll post it up in uh, in the our members area. Um, but it's it's just quite simple. It's like that. It's not. Um, I don't don't ask specifically for a link in that sense. And it's not really like a here, I'm going to do something for you type ask either. Um, uh, and that's it. And they'll reply back um, and you'll get a number of replies. You'll get some people that'll do an organic link. You'll get a lot of people these days who'll ask for money in return for a link. Yeah, it's becoming much more common. Like years ago, that didn't really happen. These days it does. Um, and it's fine to do that. Once again, this can be a bit of a controversial su subject for some people, um, because technically Google's policy on backlinks says you can't, you shouldn't pay for them, but here's the reality. <laughs> here's the reality. If you pay for a single link in a natural, in a natural looking sense from another decent site, Google is never going to know that you paid for it. Where paying for links gets you into trouble is if you're buying a thousand backlinks and they look unnatural, right? You're buying a thousand backlinks from a site that just provides backlinks. It looks unnatural. So like if you're buying them off Fiverr, for example, um, it's going to be from a bunch of sites that have unnatural linking profiles and Google can see those unnatural linking profiles and they know that those sites are selling links, right? But if I reach out to a blog with DA50 that actually has high quality content and they only have a few links per piece of content out to other sites and I pay them for a link, there's literally no way anybody can know that. Right? It's how they monetize their business, a lot of blogs now. And so for me, that's fine. I look at it like if they want 50 bucks for a link, I'm going to spend 50 bucks on pay-per-click ads in a second. This is going to help me get a ton of traffic over the next three years. What do I care, right? I mean, it has it has value. So I actually don't have a problem with um, content producers asking for money for links. If they've got a good good authority and all that sort of thing, I'll usually pay them. So I, I would have a budget. If I'm doing backlink building, I would have a set budget. To say, you know, this month I'm going to spend 500 bucks on backlinks, for example, and just work within that. Pay, you'll get some for free. You'll get some that you pay for. And then you'll get a group of people who will reply back and say, oh, no, we don't want to do a backlink, um, but we'd be happy for you to do, say, a guest post in which you get a backlink out of that, right? Uh, and once again, you you can talk with people like, uh, you know. That's another thing you, Google Google apparently says you shouldn't do as well, which is hilarious. Yeah, I know. But once again, a lot of people say this stuff, but there's not actually... I don't see a heavy weight of data that suggests there is a, actually a problem with that yet. Like, I don't think, I don't see anybody who's put out an article with research that shows that bat, like guest posts are bad. No, no, they were like definitively. There were, it, Google on Twitter once said, 
uh one of their one of the like uh top guys there said guest posting is against their rules or whatever i don't know that shit's funny right like uh the, the reality is so i owned uh thankyourskin.com uh it was gifted to me by an old business partner i didn't know what to do with it uh i thought i could fix it and i just didn't have any time it was a content site with a lot of domain authority and i would get those emails every day john so that's why i asked you like what's in those emails because a lot of them are fucking terrible it was just like hello please link to us our, our we noticed you were linking here ours is better please link to us that's not going to get responses in most cases. Um, really think about the person on the other end. Uh, you know what? What value can you provide them? And the higher you go up that DRDA spectrum, you're going to have to provide value. You can't just send cold emails asking for what you want and uh, not offering anything in return. And it can be as simple as you know we're going to share this out to our email list of ten thousand people um, to get them to go to their site. That's that's a value to them. Uh, but the reality is, John's right. You're going to get asked, uh, yeah, uh, hundred bucks, two hundred bucks, uh, you know, fifty bucks um uh obviously that's negotiable uh but you're gonna get asked a lot uh, another thing you know regarding those guest posts john another website i love is link linkhunter.com uh you can kind of go in here and, and find out where where you can do all those guest posts um but it's important to like go look at those sites it's not just da like are they actually getting traffic there's sites out there that have like 70 da and get zero traffic you don't want to link from there uh you want a site that's actually like trafficked and used and uh yeah, I don't know. Link outreach is tough, man. Let me tell you a funny story, John. So, like, you, yeah, you, can, so do, I'll, you yeah, can do I'll, this I'll to, like, you. single pages. Uh, but, like, one of the funny things I ran into was mm. uh, my friend used to build links for either Orbits or Expedia or Flights.com. I can't remember which one it was. But one of those, like, conglomerate places where you would go book your flights in your hotel. Yeah. And this was back when um, – the we were going to go to mars do you remember like three years ago when they were like we're going to start taking applications for people who want to go to mars in yeah. 2023 or whatever um yeah. right around that time right during that buzz he went and created a page where you could book flights to mars on expedia or orbits or whatever it was right obviously that got picked up very quickly by media who spouted this off everywhere which in turn got a gazillion backlinks to that page of everybody talking about where you could go you know air quotes book a book a trip to mars and then simply on that page um one of the pages they were trying to get ranked was like new york uh new york to blank flights i don't even remember where it was going let's just say charlotte right new york to charlotte flights or charlotte to new york flights uh he simply added that exact match text on that page charlotte to new york flights uh and sent all of that page authority off to where they were trying to rank and immediately jumped to number one for that term they've been trying to rank for forever and so like you you can get articles directly to your content or you can use these 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 articles to send that page authority off to where you want to go there's 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 no wrong way to do this uh and i've heard a million different ways uh just some at some point john i think we should probably dive into like how to evaluate whether you actually want to link from some of these places because there's some places you don't yeah. And so that sort of evaluate, like when I teach this, I guess that sort of evaluation I put in um, because it's when you're, when you're building like your, a big list of places to outreach to, you're not going to go through them at that point one by one and say, uh, look, look at them all in depth, right? Because that'll take you too long. All right. What you want to do is, is send out the outreach and then for the ones that reply back to you, you, you go and you have a deeper look and say, okay, yep, cool. Do I actually want that link? Or if they're asking me to pay for it, what sort of value should I put on that? Because paying for links is 100% negotiable. I, whatever somebody usually presents to me, unless they're a really big site, I'll usually cut it in half at least. And so that's what I'm going to pay you. Take it or leave it. 
because there's no industry standards. There's no rates, there's cards, there's nothing like that. Um, uh, although a lot of big media companies now ask you to pay for links and they will have sort of set rates that might be a bit harder to sort of negotiate around. But um, if somebody says a hundred bucks, I'll go back to them and say 50 bucks or maybe 30 bucks or something like that. And most of the time they'll take it, right? Because there's no, there's no sort of thing around it. But yeah, absolutely. You have a look at it, see what their site's like. You make sure it's relevant um, to your business in some way. And yeah, you go for it. But you can, uh, literally you can... the process I just talked to, I mean, it's, it's, that was a very high level. I mean, when, we, when I teach this to people, there's spreadsheets, there's SOPs, there's all of this stuff involved about how you do it all. But it's basically just a version of the skyscraper method, right? So if you go to dudes like authority builders or any of those guys, this is exactly how they do it. This bulk outreach automated um, and it's, it's, it's a numbers game. Like you reach out to a thousand sites, maybe you get 50 responses. So what to do those 51 by one is going to take you a month, right? So you, you've got it when you're a small business, you've really got to put some reality around these sort of things. Like, yeah, there's a perfect way to do things and there's a way to actually get something done. Right? So I, I guarantee you, if, if I did it in this sort of automated way versus somebody who tries to do it one-to-one and make it super personal and everything, I'm going to build more links than them. Plain and simple. I challenge somebody on that. Like, let's see who can build more links. One to one or automated. I think it's like, something people don't want to do. And so um, I'm not like, I'm going to give a couple of resources here. I'm not sold on these resources. Uh, I think one's better than the other, uh, but there is people that can go out and get some links for you. Right. So oh, yeah. I've, I've worked with, um, uh, Authority Builders, which is like uh, authority.builders, I believe, is their website. Uh, Their ABC Plus service, it's okay. Um, They're links for sure, uh, but they're not fantastic links by any means. Um, But they will, you know, up the domain authority of your entire website and link to places you need them to link to and vary your anchor text so you're not getting in trouble with Google. They're all guest posts that are mediocrely written um and are linking out to authority they're doing all the right things um and so they're okay i've used smash digital before smashdigital.com i actually thought they were doing similar things to what authority builder does but at a higher level they cost more um and i've had the the uh opportunity to meet travis jameson and have dinner with him in charlotte a very very smart guy uh and so like uh, i can get behind them they also like invest in businesses smash.vc is their investment arm where they uh, if you're the right business, they'll buy a part of your business and then do all the shit for you as like, because they own part of it. Right. So that's kind of cool too. Um, on the, uh, on the content creation side, I've used obviously Upwork and, and all things like that. Um, but I recently have used Copysmith, which is copysmith.com. They're an Australian agency. Uh, they run everything through ClearScope as they're creating it. So their articles are like super heavily optimized. Almost, they're almost too optimized. Uh, I thought their keyword research was poor. So like I would present them the keywords you want to write articles on. Uh, and then when they send you back the thing, don't just have them upload it and publish it on your site because like they overly optimize some of the alt tags and things like that. And so I, I prefer to do things a little more white hat than I thought they were doing, but like they did decent jobs on the articles. They were fairly reasonable priced. Again, that's copysmith.com. Um, those are the resources I would recommend. Do you have any like link building resources, John? Cause this, honestly, it's, it's a, it's a chore. It is, it is it's a chore. So, I mean, you do have two options. You can learn it yourself. Um, and so the way that I do it, 80% of the work's done by a virtual assistant. 
right? So like all the spreadsheet manipulations and um, loading it up into things like MailShake and all that sort of thing. I mean, you can totally have an employer who does that for you. It's, it's actually pretty simple. So there's, you know, I've got a suite of SOPs. You show someone how to do it the first time, they can do it the next time as well by themselves. Um, the only bit where you really come in is maybe around some of the link negotiation and, and, and discussions there, right? Um, because the rest of it's templatized. But, you know, once again, if you don't want to learn it, you just want to get straight to having it done, then you can definitely hire someone to do it. So Authority Builders is one of the ones that I recommend to people. Um, and once again, like when you get it done by another company, it's not going to be perfect, but like it doesn't need to be. Like, I mean, this is what I want to stress to people. We talked about this in a lot of other ways, right? You only need to be, you don't need the best links in the world. I think that's missing the point. Like, yes, it would be nice to have the most topically relevant, um, amazing DA, high traffic sites linking to you. And if you can get those, fantastic, right? More power to you and aim for that. But if you get a, a bunch that aren't bad, but aren't the best, it actually doesn't matter because your competitors likely have none. So you're still doing better than them. Um, I think, and that's better than you doing nothing, sitting on your ass wondering why my SEO is not working um, because you're too scared to go and do something and you're, you're worried about getting it with the best people. Like it, it's just, it's, it's a myth that it needs to be perfect. So I like that to it needs to be super good. I like to do both, like, right? I think authority builders, smash digital, they're going to go out the ones that you could SLP this out for sure. Um, yeah. If you just want to pay and have someone do, I'm going to call them low to medium level links. They're going to get you a bunch of them. Um, and where you, where I think your time is better served personally, this is what I would do is like hire them 500,000, $2,000 a month, whatever it is, they just build links for you. And then you go out and get the big powerful links. Cause they're going to take effort. They're going to take relationship building. Uh, this is not something a service is going to get you, uh, from these big, big sites. So go build relationships in your industry. Uh, and you know, rather than just cold emailing big companies and asking for a link, go build a relationship with the editor over there. Go, go figure out a way that you guys can work together on, on a product or something like that. So uh, that's, that's what I would recommend. Yeah. And I, absolutely. That's true. And that's what I said earlier. I think there's, there's still a level to this where you have to do it yourself. And for me, that kind of falls into doing stuff around like, you know, like the dream 100 activity and things like that as well, which is, which is something else you get talk to people about doing. But um, uh, the other, the other, probably the other business that I, I recommend people look at if they want a resource is the Hoff. Um, so they have a few services, their foundation services that uh, around link building that are uh, on the evidence I've seen at least anyway, pretty good. Why are you doing a thumbs down? <laughs> I think they're horseshit. I'm going to, I would vehemently disagree with the Hoth personally. Maybe they've changed, but they were bad at one point, like really fucking bad getting links that I would not want to touch. Okay. Well, I've seen a few sites that have used them. And maybe they, dude, I hope they've gotten better. They yeah. couldn't have gotten worse. That's for sure. And this that's is what I say. 2016, 17, when I looked at them, they were bad. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I didn't look at them that far back, but certainly on, like I say, on the evidence that I've seen, um, and sometimes when you work with companies, different people have different experiences as well, based on whoever's working on their account too. But um, evidence I've seen, they're okay. Um and, and like I say, I mean, if you're somebody who's just struggling to get this ball rolling, any of those businesses will get it rolling for you. If you're looking to hire content writers to write content for you, uh, I hire all of mine from ProBlogger. Pro so the ProBlogger.com have a jobs board where you can post jobs. 
um, and those jobs are only going to get in front of content writers. Um, so as opposed to if you put it up on Upwork or onlinejobs.ph, for example, you'll get a ton of people applying for your jobs that just aren't even content writers. Um, they just want a job or they're desperate for a job. When you go on a pro blogger, you tend to get people who actually have experience writing content. And so you can kind of cut down that recruitment process a bit. The other good thing there is you will often be able to find people who have written content for your particular market um, or your particular product category or topic or whatever it is. So, you know, you're selling fitness equipment. You should be able to find people who have written for fitness before and have examples of their work in that space. And so you can, once again, maybe be a bit more confident with your hiring there. So it's just problogger.com. You'll find a link on there to their jobs board. Yeah, uh, that's all I've, I've ever used. So I, I hesitate to recommend anything I haven't used before. Uh, Smash would get my big thumbs up for sure. Uh, ABC's been okay. I've been using them on my uh, pet site. Um, I would just encourage you to like think outside the box. Uh, like you can go get the base level links and I definitely encourage that. John has an SOP and dropship breakthrough. Use that. Go get links. Uh, but think outside the box and like how you can go get more powerful links, how you can create viral content, how you can. So for my pet company, um, I found uh, a different company who was donating similar products to iSell that I sell to shelters. Uh, and then they post all their shelters on Facebook. So I had a VA go scrape every single shelter, uh, go to every single website and get me the domain authority, and then go find out whether they got a do follow backlink from them. So of the 2000 shelters he donated to, 500 of them were do follow backlinks. I simply sorted them by domain authority. And now I just need to hire somebody to reach out from the top down uh, to go donate uh, salmon oil, uh, fish oil, or glucosamine to those shelters and, and get listed on a, uh, on their pages for backlink. So I don't know how that relates to your specific industry, but again, think outside of the box and, and really build relationships and um, mm. links, links well, matter. Yeah. And I think for, for that sort of stuff, I mean, I definitely recommend people do that. Um, and I like to do, I think some of that stuff falls into more of that relationship building thing. So I mentioned it just before, but you know, I recommend people do a version of the Dream 100 kind of exercise, right? Which is where you're basically building, a, and we can talk about this in more detail in another episode because it's, it's, it's related but kind of a completely different topic where you're building a list of all the people that, you know, you'd love your business to work with um, and actually trying to build relationships with them, not just for backlink purposes, but for all sorts of other purposes. Um, but once again, doing going through that exercise and building those relationships often does result in backlinks right um from those people that you'd really love that are really relevant in your industry and that you'd really love to have your name you know alongside and all that sort of thing that often results in those really high quality backlinks as well um or finding finding other opportunities for those so i think there's a whole bunch of stuff that goes hand in hand here um you know but definitely yeah it's it's something you've got. It's it for me. It's the the link building stuff as you as your SEO gets more and more advanced. I mean, it's a question you've got to answer. So I mean, you've got to do something here somehow. Um, and so you know. Well, boom. I hope uh, I hope do Jeff. It. I hope Jeff, Joey, you got some value from the from the questions. Uh, by all means, utilize the Facebook group, guys. Dump some stuff in there. I believe that is the end of John and I talking about SEO. Uh, I could be wrong, uh, but uh, that was yeah the, the last three episodes, man. Whatever it is, four, uh, thirteen, 
13, uh, 14 was used solo, John, because I had a kid. So 13, 15, 16, and this one, uh, that is a absolute gem of, of not, like four hours of just here's exactly how to do SEO in your dropshipping business. So uh, no excuse from anybody listening of like uh, what you need to do in your business. Uh, by all means, please share this out. Let's get some more people in this Patreon. Uh, and if there's any questions you have, shoot them in the group. Yep. Uh, I don't think it'll be the end, but it'll be the end for a little while. <laughs> I mean, there's always new stuff to say about SEO. I think it's, it's such a big, broad like topic. There's so much going on there that I'm sure we'll be back Boom. in the future. That's all I got. Uh, looks like episode 18, John wants to see if we can get some volunteers to do a website teardown. Uh, if you are up for the task, uh, post it in the Facebook group uh, or post it in Patreon, uh, and we will uh, see if we can get that back Uh next week perhaps or maybe we'll push that a little bit further out uh, we also have a q a episode uh lined up and so by all means throw some questions in there uh let's see if we can get a q a and some teardown episodes coming up in the near future yeah and so for people when we say tear down that doesn't mean we're going to be nasty to you um we'll be friendly I will. we're basically going to look at your business and tell you how you can make it better so if somebody wants you know, wink, wink, what we would normally charge money for <laughs> to do for people. Like a bit of money, you want it and you want it and you're okay with other people hearing it um, and everyone learning from it, then this is a good chance for you to do that. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. All right. See you all next week. Bye. Hey there, I just want to take a quick break and thank you for listening to this episode. But I just don't want to thank you for listening to this episode. I just want to ask you for a favor. If you've been loving our content, if you've been loving the podcast, please do us a massive favor. Help us spread the word further by doing a couple of really simple things. The first is to make sure that you follow or are subscribed to the podcast. So if you're listening on Spotify, hit the follow button so that uh, Spotify knows you're loving our podcast. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or any other podcast player, make sure you hit their version of a subscribe button and stay subscribed. Not only will you get notified when the latest content comes out for us on the podcast, but it will also tell those platforms that you really love what they're doing. The second thing you can do, if you're listening on Spotify, please star, say that you uh, rate the show. So you can add a rating, a star rating on Spotify. You see a little star icon. You can hit that and give the show a rating. If you're listening on Apple or any other podcast player, please leave us a review. Once again, you'll be able to give the show a rating and you'll be able to leave some comments if you're listening on Apple. These things hugely help us to not only continue to produce content for you because we get more and more reach for our episodes, but once again, it sends messages to the to our lovely podcast uh, player platforms that you love the show. And so they will take the show out and show it to more and more people, which in turn helps us to do more and more to help you. So once again, thanks for being here. Thanks for listening to the show and subscribe, comment, like, rate. Cheers.